Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. I'm Dan Potter, host of the KRMG Morning News in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And these are the Damp Otter Files, conversations with Tulsa's most fascinating people. This time we're wrapping up our conversation with 2023 National Teacher of the Year, Rebecca Peterson, who's a math teacher at Union High School. When we left off with Rebecca, she was talking about the need to persuade more talented high school students to become teachers. I have um, I have 11 former students who are now um, teaching high school or secondary mathematics um, or STEM. And so, um, you know, such a gratifying feeling. It is so. Um, and I, I'm like, I'm let's make it crystal clear. I'm not the reason they picked that profession. But no. I like it's You're also part of it, it's, I'm sure. It's, and yeah. anytime, anytime. I mean, I'm old enough now where being around the, the whole band activity, I have seen second generations now come up yeah. and become music educators yeah. in one form yeah. or another. And it's just great to see the system producing good talent. Yes. Yes. So I think I'm like, it's the system, right? Like, yeah. um, can we create a system that is more intentional about creating more highly effective educators in general? But I mean, we, have, we see a real deficit in math, science, and SPED. Just to break it down a little bit more, looking at primary education, looking at the grade school level, you know, multiplication tables and rote memorization mm-hmm. of, of lots of different stuff. How would you change mathematics at the entry level to make it more intriguing? Yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't want to speak as an expert because I'm not, you know, an elementary teacher. Um, but I would really love to see more exploration. I'd love to see more um, celebration of different ideas. Um, so you know, you throw a a simple problem like um, throw an array of dots on the screen and you are asking kindergartners or first graders or second graders how many dots but don't count, right? Um, And you give them some time and then you say, okay, Jonas, how many dots did you get and how did you get there? Okay, Jose, did you get the same number but did you do it a different way, right? And so we're creating um, a real sense of... of, um, curiosity and empathy in mathematics teaching really early on, right? So creating um, this this safe space, first of all, and telling kids there's more than one way to get the answer. Um, It does not have to be this this exact algorithm, (laughs) right? There's more than one way. We're going to celebrate those ways. And um, then also getting kids to celebrate each other's ways of thinking, to me, um, extends so much more beyond math, right? Like, we think that's, in a way, the very fabric of, like, a, a really vibrant, successful community is when we can celebrate each other. And, um, yeah, and, and, be grateful for the different perspectives that we can bring. Tell me if I'm completely off base here, but I get the sense that to Rebecca Peterson, the educator, 
priority number one is bonding with that student in some way, finding some sort of common ground, commonality, doing that first. As, As a friend of mine always said, they have to know how much you care before they care how much you know. That's right. 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 So is is that your priority? Oh, 100%. I always say, like, you can't capture the mind until you capture the heart, right? Mm. Um, and I, I start the school year with just sharing my story um, and my joys and struggles, you know, as an immigrant. And um, whether my students are similar to me and they immigrated or they were born and raised in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The thing about high schoolers is everybody has felt like an outsider at one point in time. Like you don't have to be an immigrant to feel like I'm a little bit out of place. Right. Um, and so I say day one, like I oftentimes because we moved so much, I always felt like I had to work to fit in as opposed to just belonging as I am. And those two things, thank you, Brene Brown, are very different, right? Fitting in and belonging. And then I want to create a space where you feel like you belong, right? You don't feel like you have to make a certain grade or say a certain thing or ask a certain question to, get to teacher's fit in. approval. Right. Like yeah. you're in. Yeah. You're in just like you are. Um, but you can say that. And that's great. <laughs> but you have to really follow it by actions, I feel. So um, after I share my story, I invite my students to come tell me their story. So oh. they sign up for a little 15-minute time slots, like before school, after school, during lunch. And um, just to, like, come tell me whatever they want, you know. Um, because, like my mentor says, the lady who actually hired me at Union, kids spell love, T-I-M-E. Oh. You know, and so it's amazing what happens when you're like, I'm, I'm a grown up, but I'm going to give you my time and space to tell me whatever, you know, like tell me about your doc, tell me about your, um, your job, tell me about your hopes and dreams. Tell me like, do you love this class so far or hate it? You know, like, um, just tell me about you. And then, um, once it takes a good, like 10 weeks to sit with, over a hundred teenagers one-on-one, you know, but once those 10 weeks are over, the only way I know to (laughs) describe it is like, there is this atmospheric shift, you know, like everyone's in, everyone belongs, everyone has a seat at the table and then they trust me, right? And they trust me to push them mathematically. They trust that if I ask them to do something that's hard, I'm not going to leave their side, first of all, and I wouldn't ask them to do that if I didn't think they could do it. Um, And so the results, you know, qualitatively, certainly like, I I mean, I just, I feel like I can feel it viscerally every year once those, once those 10 weeks are done, but quantitatively as well, um, we have an 89% pass rate on the AP exam versus the state pass rates about 45%. I think, um, I think 12% of all, um, of all high school students in Oklahoma who got calculus credit through the AP calculus AB exam came from my classroom. Um, so it works, right? Like, um, we have to, as educators, learn the stories of our learners. I, um, blame rightly or wrongly my complete lack of understanding of higher mathematics, uh, (laughs) to the fact that I was in ninth grade placed in an advanced or accelerated mathematics program and I had no business mm-hmm. being there mm-hmm. whatsoever. At least that's the way it felt. To yeah. Me. Yeah. Do you see that a lot that kids are are 
pushed maybe further ahead than they should be? I, I think I see it in both uh, both sides yeah. of like kids are often placed. Lord, they're often placed incorrectly. And I would say that that is also very much attributing to math teachers um, leaving the classroom because it's so frustrating to teach when when you're you're said these you're being told these are your objectives, but you have kids who no fault of their own, Can't like they're not they're just not there yet, right? Yeah. And then you have kids who are <laughs> already know half the objectives, and you're you feel like there is no way to to reach all your learners. And then on top of that, when kids feel like they can't get there or they feel like they already know the information and you have 35 of them, you can imagine um, when kids are frustrated or bored, it tends to not bring out the best in them. And so now you're like, well, not only can I not reach them all mathematically, but also the behavior issues, particularly post-pandemic, are um, are just too much, and so we're seeing we're seeing teachers flee. Well, it's, I'm glad you brought that up because I did have that on the list. I want to talk to you about um, what changes have you seen in students post-pandemic? Yeah, yeah, it is um, a study I like to cite a lot when people are like, <laughs> "We just need to go back. We just need to go back." Um, Stanford did a fascinating study where they scanned 163 adolescent brains and they found that the brains are scanning post-pandemic the same way that brains pre-pandemic scanned only if the kids had undergone some kind of like abuse, neglect, or trauma. And so, I mean, like literally our kids' brains are different. And (laughs) I tell teachers that. Okay, help me understand that. So the the brain scans that they were seeing in kids that after the pandemic that had not experienced traditional, if abuse, we can call it that, right. abuse, yeah, yeah, yeah. Were, sh- were having the same brain patterns show up as those kids who had been yeah. abused. Yeah, because of the isolation. Beca- I know, because of the um, inconsistencies, right? Um, yes. And yeah, so, I'll t- so oftentimes I'll tell teachers that and they just look at me like, yeah, Rebecca, I didn't need 163 MRI scans from Stanford to tell, tell you that. that. How is the classroom um, different for you? Yeah, How is the atmosphere so, different? Um, as a high school math teacher, we see, and I say we because this is what I hear from my colleagues as well, like motivation is just not where we at least remember it being, um, you know, four or five years ago. Um, for like early childhood teachers that I've talked to, they say like the attention span is it's like I have to have a different activity almost every three minutes, you know, um, in early childhood, like those kids, you would think were barely affected by the pandemic. Right. And then, um, later secondary middle school, uh, I had so many teachers say like, I'll just, a, a child will just like burst into tears for no reason. And I don't know what to do. And these, I mean, these are seasoned teachers we're talking about. Right. And so, Kids have changed, but I mean, quite frankly, adults have changed too, you know? And so I think we need to start saying like, instead of like, let's get back, like, let's look forward, you know? And what do we do with the kids we have? Because that's all we can do, right? Um, And how can we best serve them? And so I think, you know, the, the push we've seen towards more mental health services for our kids, because we're often like... Uh, the f- the first responders in a lot of ways, like kids might come to us and 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 you know say like they need help, but we're not trained 
counselors or therapists. So like we have got to have people in the building that we as teachers can take the kids to, you know, like the trained professionals that can really help um, get our kids the the support that they need. Um, we know that, you know, childhood anxiety is at an all time high that it's now a it's considered a national epidemic. Um, so so what are we doing about about these things, you know, and how are we helping teachers to sure be maybe be the first responders, but not make teachers take on this whole right. mantle that we're, we're that's not what we went to school for. Like we're not trained uh, medical or mental health professionals. Right. What do you think of the politics of education in Oklahoma? I think teachers are tired. You know, I think teachers, the vast majority of us, at least, if not all of us, like we went into teaching because we love kids and because we want to improve outcomes for students. We didn't go into teaching to be political footballs. Like we didn't go into teaching um, to feel discouraged about our work. I think historically, like teaching has been such a noble profession and that's been part of the draw historically. Like you're like, Okay, like I'm not going to be a millionaire, but I know that I'm doing right by kids. I'm trying to do right by their families. And there's there's traditionally been sort of this inherent respect within the profession, which I think is really not, I think. I mean, studies show that's really helped retain teachers. And so when we strip respect and appreciation from this profession that doesn't pay all that well. Doesn't pay with. all that well and is really quite difficult to begin with. That rate, I mean, talk about calculus. I mean, that rate that we are going to lose teachers is just going to increase. Um, that's, it's, it's so discouraging to me to, to see. As you've toured the state and now touring the country, do you have people come up to you and, and – you know, berate public education and berate teachers? And have you ever had to respond to somebody like that? Very, very, very rarely. Like I can think of one time. (laughs) Um, So very rarely. I think locally, and the data shows this as well, like people love their local public schools. Um, People love, for the most part, their teachers and their kids' teachers And, um, so it's just, it's a real, um, dichotomy, I think of like, we have, we in general seem to have this like love and appreciation for those that we're coming in contact with day to day. But then there's sort of this, um, other conversation that quite frankly is oftentimes being overtaken by like national talking points, um, and, and they're outside like outside money and influences and outside money and, and influences, boards and the like. Yeah, yeah, and they're just like at war with each other. And it, it kind of dawned on me recently. It's almost like we look for reasons to be mad at each other hmm. these days. Hmm. And um, we oh, need to yeah. have our brain scanned as adults. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I just think maybe an antidote to that is um, just go be in a school because, like, it's real hard to be mad when you're around a bunch of lovely kids and adults who are working really hard to do right by those kids and their families. Yeah, amen. That's 
the whole reason at 61 years old I still go to marching band concerts yes. every weekend during the fall is because after five days in a row of hearing about the worst humanity can can do to itself, to go be around high school, I'm getting teary. I'm getting teary. To be around high school kids mm-hmm. who are truly trying to be excellent mm-hmm. is such a tonic and mm-hmm. revives you. Mm-hmm. Doesn't. It restores your faith in humanity. I think that every time I go to like a football game and yeah, now, oh, now I'm getting emotional, like seeing those boys like give their whole heart to that field and their school and the band, seeing them give their whole heart to support those boys on the field and the cheerleaders and the the, the palm squad and um, and the fans. And then go, go, like, go see a high school play and you will be, I mean, your faith in humanity will be restored because yeah. they are just giving their whole selves to what they're passionate about. And they're able to do that because of these adults that are supporting them and that are giving their whole selves to these kids. And it's just, it's just one of the most beautiful things. Um, and it is, um, it's what like what our communities are built on. Rebecca Peterson, this has been a real, real pleasure. Thank you Likewise. for coming into the studio and chatting with me. Thanks for having me. Union High School Math Teacher and 2023 National Teacher of the Year, Rebecca Peterson. Our theme music's composed and performed by Aaron J. Morton. Join Jen Townley and me every weekday morning from 5 until 9 for breaking news, weather, and traffic, and a lot of fun. The KRMG Morning News with Dan Potter on 1023 KRMG Tulsa's News and Talk. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.